0: This is Danny Hicks from Evil Dead 2 Intruder Dark Man, and you're listening
1: to Without Your Head. <laughs>
2: welcome to the station of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil
0: i'm treacherous trista
2: and we're joined by kevin lewis the director of willie's wonderland on vod and blu-ray we got to mention the blu-ray because he's a physical media man
1: <laughs> glad to be here guys thank you so much for having me
2: yeah so willie's wonderland is crazy so how did you get involved in the movie
1: um it's a pretty cool story actually uh uh, Jessica Davis, who played uh, Siren Sarah, uh, she was in an acting class with Geo Parsons, who wrote the script. And she liked it, and she brought it to uh, home to her husband, Jeremy Daniel Davis, who's a producer, friend of mine. And he liked it, and he optioned it, and he brought it to me. So, Siren Sarah was the origin of Willie's Wonderland. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So,
2: right away, were you into the idea, into the script?
1: Yeah, I read the script, and I, I loved it. I. I just saw what an imaginative and creative job we could do with something like this, you know, um, the whole, you know, the characters and the setup and I just saw it all when I read it and I was like on board.
2: Is the original script uh, pretty much what the movie you guys
1: made? Um, you know, it went through some rewrites, you know, um, the original script actually had a, uh, a janitor dialogue at the end. He said one line when he came out to fight Willie um, but, uh, it, there was, uh, a video game he played. It was like an eight bit video game rather than a pinball. We changed that. You can create a Willy, you know, video game. We didn't have that time right. and, and the budget was limited. Um, so there was stuff like that, you know, and actually we, we changed some creatures around, um, Nick liked, uh, reptiles and amphibians. So we kind of changed. There was like a Douglas, the dog, and that became Artie the alligator. And there was Regina Rabbit, and that became Cammy the Chameleon. And there was Barry the Bear, that became Gus the Gorilla. And um uh, one more, I'm thinking. Um uh, Douglas the Dog. Oh, and Pirate two more. Pirate Pete became Nighty Night. And Polly the Penguin became Tito the Turtle.
2: Oh nice. Yeah.
1: So- uh, when we talked to Gio, he
2: said that, you know, Nicholas was really, uh, really into the story and he was really yeah. in the
1: movie. So he was he even did.
2: involved in some of the, uh, the, animat, well, the robots.
1: Oh, uh, he was great. You know, he, he loved the project when he read it. And, uh, I, I think he commented and said like, you know, he doesn't get movies like this much anymore, you know, uh, or they don't make movies like this much anymore. And, uh, so he was just totally into it and he was, a, he was into it for almost a year before we started shooting. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
2: was he involved when before you got involved, or was that after? After, yeah. When you heard he was interested, like, uh, did you think like it would actually pan out that you know he'd he'd be involved?
1: I mean, I was so excited. You know, he was the only one that we really had in mind for the part, and so when he said yes, I was like, man, I knew he'd get this. You know, so I was very very happy. And he's the only one to play the janitor, in my opinion. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, When I heard that, like, I like the movie anyway, but it does make me appreciate even more that Nicholas, like, you know, because he's Nicholas Cage, that he actually is yeah. really into the movie and was uh, yeah. you know, helped it
1: that. He really was. And he's, he was such a, you know, I'll say three things about Nick. You know, it's like, we know he's a world-class actor, Academy Award winner, Nick Cage, right? But uh, he, he's been a great partner to make a movie with. And he's just an amazing human being. I mean, you could just tell, I mean, I, I'm big into Chi and just like feeling people, you know, and like, mm-hmm his soul. Like you could just tell he's just, a, he's a good, good man. So very happy. We didn't get in one creative disagreement on the movie. We saw the movie eye to eye, you know, and he worked his tail off, you know, he, he worked on the stunts and he was there. He was never a guy that was, you know, an actor who was just hanging out in the trailer. You know, we were setting up shots with second team, you know, and he would come in and the stand in would leave and he would be the stand in for his own shot. You know, that's the kind of, guy Nick Cage is. You know, yeah. it's pretty incredible.
2: I think we're both happy to hear that because I know we're both Nicolas Cage fans, and it's good to know he's a good right. guy. You know, he it's is, always a he's bummer. he's not a good person.
1: Well they say don't meet your heroes, right? Because you always get disappointed, but you, you meet Nick Cage because he doesn't disappoint. You know.
2: Uh Trist, do you have a question? I'm
0: wondering if you're a horror fan and if you are, uh do you have a favorite horror film?
1: Yes. Um I love horror. Um it's funny uh my favorite horror film is probably The Shining. I love psychological horror. Um the movie that inspired me to make Willies is Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2. Sam Raimi is my favorite director. So, I know I know The Shining and and Evil Dead are like it's very, very different, different, films, different very different, <laughs> you know, but I um, I love psychological horror with The Shining and of course it's Kubrick and we can go on and on about that. I mean, uh Jacob's Ladder I too I love the original, you know, um there's something about psychological horror I mean, it's very scary about the mind, you know, and I was a little kid when I saw The Shining and it just, of course, just imprinted on me like a lot of people, but Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 was a movie where I saw what the director did and how he would elicit response with, you know, the camera and how visually inventive Sam Raimi was and, um, you know, how humor and then horror and you're laughing, and you're laughing and then you're in shock, you know, and so that was pretty, pretty incredible when I saw that it made a big uh, impression on me, you know,
2: sometimes that's hard to pull off. I always say in the show, I think yeah. it has to work as both a horror movie and a comedy for, for them.
1: Agreed. To together. Agreed. Agreed. And Sam's one of the best, right? You know, oh, yeah. his movies are incredible. So yeah. the he's second a, one,
2: I always think is like yeah. a live action Looney Tunes cartoon.
1: Yeah, it is. And he's got, and he's just got a stamp, you know, when you see his movies, you know, he made them, you know, I even loved like simple plan. I think it's a great movie. So, um, but yeah, those are the two that really come to mind. So you said, uh, what was the
2: reason to take out the line from the janitor?
1: Yeah, it's interesting, uh, Neil, because I just felt if you're going to go with this character and he doesn't speak to the whole movie, when he does say something, it's got to mean a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And it can't just be a throwaway line. And it can't, you know, is it a one liner? You know, is, is that what we're doing? Like, what are we doing? You know, and actually, when I worked with Nick, we were talking about it and he he felt that the janitor doesn't speak unless he feels he has to. He doesn't have to because he, his whole thing from the character point of view of the janitor is he looked at these characters like trash. And so he's like, I don't, I don't respect them. Right. I don't mean, so we just cut the line out. So I do that push in when he comes into the doorway out of the kitchen and i want the audience to go here comes the line he's going to say something we've been waiting you know and he doesn't and i just think that's that's pretty cool he was channeling charles bronson from uh, once upon a time in the west
2: I it's that, right? one of
1: nick's favorite movies and so he was really psyched about doing a character that you know didn't have any dialogue and i think it's pretty amazing because a lot of actors could hide behind dialogue right you know and for you to go out there and just let it all hang out and you know, all about major totally, you know. Major, oh, totally, like you know? Yeah, and it's like, can you how many guys can you count, characters or movies, can you count on your hand who has no dialogue? There's not many, right? Mm-hmm. So it was pretty a unique thing to do. Um, and I think Nick roast the challenge and did an amazing job. So
2: did uh switching to a pinball machine, did that uh yeah affect anything in the movie because I, I think it you're more uh you're more you have more motion if you're playing a pinball machine as opposed to a, a regular video game
1: yeah um yeah you know what was great is i mean the pinball scene was, was created ground up you know and uh it was just a piece of art to itself and it worked you know and uh what was kind of cool is uh we shot nick on the pinball sequence and that was all nick man he brought that to the table i had like three cameras rolling and then. I did like the snorkel cam. So I went inside the pinball to get all the really close up stuff. But, um, you know, originally I was really excited to do like this eight bit Willy's game, but I knew like we just didn't, we, we, we couldn't do it. So yeah, the pinball changed things. Um, a producer, one of the producers, uh, uh, actually was his idea about the pinball and I thought it turned out really good. So yeah.
2: Yeah. Makes it seem even uh, older in a way, you know, pin. Yeah. Vintage arcade, more 80s, pinball
1: 70s. Exactly. And that's what's cool about the movie is that I want to go with an 80s vintage feel. It doesn't take place in the 80s, but it feels like the 80s with the with the ringer T and the punch pop and the pinball and all that. And just the story itself, you know, some of the tropes of of these horror movies of the 80s, you couldn't get away with now, but now put them in Willie's even though we're we're in 2000 you know 2021 i'm kind of harking back to those tropes of the 80s and making fun of them yeah. you know, i feel like the movies are very self-aware of itself you know it's like we're not taking ourselves too seriously although the characters are they're, they're reacting to really what's going on but it's funny because you know when i was set up shots we we the we the the uh, camera and things like that and be like, Oh, is this too much? You know? And I always think, you know, it's Nick cage versus the animatronic weasel. Like nothing's off the table. Right. You know, So, yeah.
2: Uh, Trist, do you have another question?
0: According to IMDB, you have an upcoming film with a great title. Um, glutton. So I'm wondering huh. if there's anything you can tease us uh, with about that.
1: Okay. So, um, glutton is uh written by a friend of mine, uh, Kenny Yackel. It's a really good script. And, um, it's, uh, it's in the vein of like a hard candy it's a psychological horror okay and it it's basically about um you know it's funny because David Arquette back in the day I guess was attached to do it and things like that so um but it's a script it's a very exciting script it's a psychological horror um it's really takes place it's with two men pretty much and um it's basically I'd say like uh it's kind of a body horror movie uh, and, you know, body horror meets hard candy. That's kind of the vibe I'd give it, you know? So it's, it's a pretty cool s- story. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that one. Yeah.
2: I don't want you to tell us if you have one, but do you ha- do you yourself have a, a backstory for the janitor?
1: I have my, my uh, theories. <laughs> and Do you like it, to- you know, you yeah, go. I was, just, I was
2: just asked, do you like to, to hear ones from fans uh, who've seen the movie? I love it. Yeah.
1: I love it. I love the fans. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's why I made this movie. I'm a, you saw my, you know, uh, Blu ray collection and Tron and my Boba Fett helm. Yeah. I mean, I'm a geek, man. Like, I love the fanboys and fangirls. Bring it on. So, yeah, I love when people talk about their ideas. And, you know, it's so cool, Neil, on so many occasions, like talking to people and, them bringing up their ideas for a sequel and what they'd want to see and what do, and that's so exciting, you know. So, yeah,
2: yeah, it was funny because uh, before well, it was right after us on the movie, someone asked if it was a sequel to Mandy because Nic- and I was like, mm-hmm. I thought, well, at first I was saying no, but I was like, well, if you want it to be, you could just say, you know, that's that's the character after Mandy, he's now red, drifting that's around. hilarious,
1: yeah, that's hilarious, that's great, uh-huh. <laughs> that's funny. So, yeah, I, I think you go ahead. No, you go no, on. No, I, I was just thinking, you know, it's kind of cool like Nick doing Mandy and then color out of space. And then people are saying like Willie's is like the trilogy, the magenta trilogy or something, you know, because the colors.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's interesting. Cool. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned the Ringer shirt. I, I'm a big fan of the shirt. And I it yeah. was sold out, but I think uh, you guys have it back now. I saw the
1: other Yeah, one. you got to get one. Yeah. yeah. I'll wear it on the show for sure. Awesome. Yeah.
2: And, People talk about Nicolas Cage, and I think he deserves anything. but it's it's really a great cast all around.
1: Yeah, you know, Emily was uh, played Liv. She was fantastic. She's on the Mayans, you know, and uh, she was just great for the part and was up game for anything, you know. And then, uh, you know, uh, you, you, you've got uh, Chris Warner played Jed. I mean, he was just incredible. And uh, uh, Rick was was, was Tex. Those guys were fantastic. They were so much fun and you got the kids you know uh we with uh, Terrell and Kai and uh Christian and Kaylee and uh Jonathan and they just they were all they were all so good and then uh, Beth Grant
2: yeah um, It's fantastic chairman, really.
1: right she's so good and David Chatel with him, with her and uh you know it was a it was a good it was a good cast we we had a lot of fun you know
2: uh how how did you find a place to film Willie's?
1: um we went to pop studios in atlanta georgia and, and we built the sets molly coffee was the production designer she did such a great job and uh so we built uh all the sets in at pop studios so the first week we shot outside we did all the driving and the kids in the rv and all that stuff um the trailer um all that and then and outside of willies and then the next week we were inside willies for the rest of the shoot until the last day and then we were outside and We did the Tito scene and stuff, so we'd we'd live. But um, Atlanta was great. You know, they're shooting tons of stuff there, and their crews are fantastic. We had a great crew. And that was a cool thing, you guys, about our movie was the crew showed up with a smile on their face in the morning until the evening, you know? I mean, everybody was pumped and excited and happy to be a part of this movie. I feel like it kind of shows when you watch it. It's just a fun, you know, leave check your brain at the door for a movie, you know? We had a blast making it. Hopefully we'll make more. You know,
2: would you like to do a uh, you know follow up with the janitor?
1: Yeah, I think I love the janitor. I think there's a lot of adventures we can have with him. So I I'm down for it for sure. You know, hopefully Nick will be. You know? Yeah.
2: And uh, we're gonna have Ken Hall on uh, soon. Who did oh, the Antionics.
1: Ken's great. Oh man, Ken created those uh, creatures, and what a fantastic job he did. Really, yeah. Oh, that's great. You're gonna have Ken. That's great yeah
2: a uh, friend of the show, Cat, uh, who did uh, was uh, did makeup on the movie, set. yes,
1: so that's very cool. I love cat. In fact, I'm supposed to talk to her today, so yeah, oh nice. She, she was great. She did all the black gunk you know and, and everything, and she did a great job with all the makeup, so yeah, she's wonderful.
2: So uh, how hands-on were you in like the look of the robots?
1: I mean, we're all hands on. I mean, you know, uh, Ken would drop sketches and we talked about, I was very concerned about the eyes and the mouth because when you go to Chuck E. Cheese, you know, uh, what really freaks you out are those eyes blinking and the mouth moving. Right. And sometimes of course, you know, a lot of times the audio is going on and it's not even syncing up to it. They're just jaws moving up. And I think that was one of the things with those creatures. So I was really like, we got to get these eyes right in the mouth, you know? Um, and so Ken, and he'll tell you more, but he put pulleys inside the suits that the, stuntmen and women could operate. So they would move the eyes and mouth, you know, but we only had one suit each. So once Nick destroyed it, that was it. So, so, yeah. And Ozzy was a puppet.
2: Okay. I've never actually been to Chuck E. Cheese. I have to admit. Oh, okay. I've been to a rainforest cafe, which is. Oh yeah. um,
1: Rainforest. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, when I, when I was growing up in the eighties, I'm from Denver, Colorado. And, uh, I went to showbiz pizza a lot. I was a kid. And so, Showbiz was the one I remember, and then Chuck E. Cheese, I think, took it over. And Chuck E. Cheese, but Showbiz was the original OG for me, you know. <laughs>
2: yeah. So. And uh, when I was in LA, they took me to uh, to some bar that had like animatronic bears too. I can't remember what it was. Called. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, interesting. Right. I don't drink,
2: but but so I just <laughs> had water. but 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 the bears were very fun. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, do You have a question?
0: Yeah, you mentioned Kat. I'm wondering how you wound up uh, teaming up with Soda FX.
1: Okay, so I uh, this is a really cool story too. Uh, my friend Kenny Yackel, who wrote Glutton, he's the one that turned me on, uh, and his wife, uh, Loreen Yackel, she was the line producer of, of Willie's. They turned me on to Ken. When they read the script, the first thing they said was, Ken's got to do this. Ken is perfect for this, and Ken was is with Soda Effects, and so he he turned basically said, "Hey, you know, Soda'd be great for this." So it was really cool. It was a referral from really good friends of mine. So yeah.
2: Uh, was there anything that uh, was in the script that you just couldn't film
1: for any reason? Um, it's a great question. Um, no. Well, that's good. No, oh. I, I did a i did a seventy page shot list in the beginning, like way before I went to Georgia, and um, it was basically detailing every shot for every scene of the movie, and so I really had it pretty planned out because I knew it wasn't a movie where we're just going to go and find our way and find ourselves. This was a very precise movie, like we talk about, like with, what Sam Raimi did, you know, with Evil Dead, like you have to get these pieces right You get the pieces to put the whole puzzle together. So I did that. And I also shot the cut. I didn't have a lot of takes because I didn't have a lot of time. I remember telling Nick, um, you know, I'm sorry, Nick, I I don't, I'm not gonna be able to do a lot of takes. And he said, well, Kevin, I like to get in one. I thought that was just so cool. So, and he would, one take, he'd get it. Um, so it was really designed very precisely, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and so I did get everything that was on the script.
2: Yeah. What was, was there anything that was, what was the most difficult thing I guess to
1: get? Uh... Um, um, you know, when it, my whole thing was the animatronics, I, I was like, I I just don't want people to think they're guys in suits. Right. So I knew like sound design is going to help, but the whole movement, you know, so when you have all those guys doing movements and then you got your action in the foreground and then they're in the background, right? Like that's very difficult. Also the Aussie stuff was difficult because it was a puppet and we had guys operating them in, in the green smocks, you know, with the green screen. But the thing is, is that when you do that, you have to do pieces. So you shoot the fight scene and then you got to move Nick out and then shoot Aussie with it. Then you go, okay, that, and then you got to do a plate. Like, so you're doing three or four or five versions of that. Right. And on an indie film, you just, your time is being burnt. You know, time is money. And uh, I had 20 days. So um, that was kind of nerve wracking. You know, um, there's some CG in this movie. CG is great. Um, but I try to do as much practical as possible because mm-hmm. that was the 80s. Right. They didn't yeah. have CG back then, you know, and that's what I went. And it just made sense on a schedule this size. So,
2: yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, I know you're a physical uh, uh, media guy. Uh, Yeah. Are you DVD, Blu-ray, VHS, or or what?
1: Uh, Blu-ray, you know. I mean, what's funny is I had all the DVDs. I had all the VHSs back in the day, and then it went to DVD, and I went to that, and then went to Blu-ray. And I remember the whole Blu-ray and HD war. I had some HD uh, discs, and then I didn't... I didn't know if Blu-ray was going to win or not. you know, who knew, right? And then Blu-ray wins, right? So, yeah, then you go to Blu-ray, and now you're at 4K, right? But I'm like, oh, man, you know, replacing <laughs> movies four and five times? Yeah. I don't know about that, you know, but I got my favorites, you know, so, yeah.
2: What would be your favorites? I know you mentioned your favorite horror hmm. movies, but.
1: Well, i tell you, like, my favorite directors are like, uh, well, of course, you know, Christopher Nolan and all that, but. I love Sam Raimi, Dan, Danny Boyle, Danny Aronofsky, uh, Nicholas Renfran, winding you know, uh, Winy Renfran. Uh, one, one of my favorite movies is Drive in the last 10 years. I love that movie. I love the movie too. Uh, that movie's so good. Um I mean, of course, Ridley Scott, you know, the greats, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, when I think about modern day films, your, you know, movies in the last decade, Drive hits me right there, you know. Uh, Requiem for a Dream, you know, I know it's a hard movie to watch, but mm-hmm. I just think it's amazing. Train Spotting, you know, these are the movies that really inspire me.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah, I'm a big train spotting fan too.
1: Great, yeah.
2: Uh, trusty, another question.
0: Do you have any advice for aspiring filmmakers?
1: Uh, yeah, um, well, you have to stay true to yourself. Uh, this is the movie business, you know, so you know, it's art and commerce and I hate to say it, but sometimes commerce usually wins. Um, You need to stay true to yourself. And what I mean by that is like, I always picture there's like a road that you're on and you're traveling where it'd be the creative journey of getting your movie made or whatever you're doing, your short or whatever. And there's, to me, people wanting to push you off that road, whether it's like change the script or, you know, I'm not going to give you money for this, or I'm going to, you know, stuff that you you don't want to do or go compromise. And you know there is compromise in everything, especially in low budget filmmaking, you have to compromise. But um, you know there's faith. You have to have faith in what you're, you're what you're making, you know, your story, your whatever you're directing, who you hire. You have to have faith. There, it's a leap of faith to make films, right? You know, because nobody knows in the end what the movie's gonna be. No one sets out to make a bad movie everyone sets out to make gone with the wind and citizen cane. I did. Willie's was my citizen cane, man. You know, I took that thing seriously, still do, you know? So, um, I just feel like you have to have, you have to have faith, you know, and faith and, and trust in, in good people and and don't let people push you off the road, man. You know, and that's what the, a lot of them will try to do. You have to keep, keep going and keep trudging that path. So Along
2: those lines, was there anyone who tried to like, hey, you should have you have Nicholas Cage in this movie? He should have, you know, he should have dialogue. He should talk. Or I sure. guess since it was oh yeah, all he the was time. into it, maybe or it was all, easier. All the time.
1: No, all the time. We were worked with a company. And I remember going in and I had a picture of Nick. Uh, Nick did a New York Times article. He had the beard, you know, what he looks like in Willie's. I remember talking to one of the sales guys there and He said, well, a clean shaven Nick Cage sells better than a bearded Nick Cage. And I was like, well, in this movie, he's a beard and sunglasses. Like, that's what I wanted. You know, it was like the perfect picture of the janitor, this New York Times article on Nick. And I was like, this is it. This is the janitor, you know. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, we did. Sure. You know, and uh, Nick stuck to his guns, you know, and that's how he wanted the movie, what he wanted. And uh, the producer stuck to his guns, Jeremy Davis, uh, an amazing producer to his guns on things. A lot of people, a lot of people have agendas, you know. And uh, but you know that's yeah, movie making, you know. So um, our agenda was make the best movie. So and and what we had, you know. So
2: it's a very serious question, but does that popcorn okay. machine work?
1: Yes, it does. I've, so I have four kids. I got two teens and two little boys, five and seven. And uh, uh, the wife likes to make popcorn a lot for him So all right, watch movies. Yeah. I'm raising yeah. them right. <laughs> I miss
2: I miss theater popcorn.
1: So uh, having uh, the popcorn. I stayed, the do you think theater's nice. gonna come back soon?
2: I would I um I mean some are open here, but uh, mm-hmm. it's weird because I think it's two different ways. I think there's gonna be people like myself that's really missed the theater and, and want to go. Yeah. And there are I think there's also gonna be people that um, for one thing they won't want to go to the theater even you, you know, even if they have vaccines. And also I think unfortunately some people will be used now to watching a lot of things um like on hbo max and, and video in Demand, yeah. and they might not so yeah i don't know they might even themselves out and people i don't know but i could see it going either way because
1: what do you think you think the theaters are coming back
0: you know i i it's hard for me to speculate on that i'm not i i i think the most important thing is that everyone stays safe you know yeah. I as agree. much as i love movies i'm not yeah, i mean i agree with that
1: too yeah. to <laughs> draw, a right. death right. to well Tristan, you know i mean I, I was in uh uh the icu man i was in i got covid pneumonia i was there oh. for two weeks I, know that. I just got out right before uh
0: oh. the movie
1: released yeah mm-hmm. i oh. i'm so glad to be here talking to you guys right now because uh it, it could have been curtains for me yeah,
0: I'm glad you're okay as yeah. well. I'm sure you yeah. and your family are all very relieved. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was tough times. Uh, and I got I got home Thursday, Wednesday, and then Thursday my son turned 16, and then Friday Willie's opened. Oh, so, you're having
0: a lot of life. Yeah, you wouldn't have wanted to miss those things.
1: mhm So Here. I agree with you. Everyone has to stay safe and and uh, be careful. Um, uh, and. Uh, it's very serious, mm-hmm. you know. It's not a joke.
2: Yeah, I would say too. In the grand scheme of things, going to the movies isn't as important as people.
1: Exactly. Do exactly. Yeah. I mean, we can. We can. I mean, I, I wanted Willie's to be, you know, at the theater and be a midnight madness screening at Toronto and come out Halloween. It doesn't mean it matter anything. People have lost their lives at this thing, you know. And uh, then, like I said, what happened to me? I mean, it was. Uh, I've never been that ill in my life, you know. I like I said, COVID pneumonia. And uh, it was something else.
2: Do you have any uh, uh, lasting effects from that? Or
1: I'm getting better now. I've I'm, I'm home, been home for three weeks. I'm doing really well. I'm feeling my strength back and all that. Um, you know, lasting effects. No, of course, it's not been that long. Right. But I feel pretty good. I did what the doctors and nurses told me. I wrote a piece on IndieWire. If you guys are interested, look it up. It, out, it yeah. kind of details what I went through. And um, I wasn't going to do it. I felt like I didn't want to uh, take, you know, attention away to the movie. And I didn't want the spotlight really to be on that. And it's kind of a depressing thing whatever. But so, fr- so many friends said, you know, you can inspire people. And, and the thing is, if, you know, if I could just, have, you know, have one person read it who maybe doesn't believe it or doesn't want to wear a mask or doesn't want to do the six feet thing, like if they could read it and change their mind, then I feel like it was worth it. So that's why I kind of did it. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a great service. And I think uh yeah. there's nothing more important than, than educating people. Via your
1: Agreed. Screen. Agreed. My mom, my mom's 90 and she lives with us. She turned 90 January 15th and I got her the COVID uh, Moderna shot the 16th. And I was so intense on getting her that shot right because it was like you know they just opened up for it everything and I had no idea like in 10 days man I was going down hard
0: oh goodness
1: isn't it crazy you just never know guys that's why you you know you got to stay safe with what's going on and live life to the fullest you know I have a new lease on life you know and there's so many things like I like you know I had a lot of time to think and it's just like you know, you got to let go and things. Some things you can control, and some things you can't. You know, I was, you know, I was as any filmmaker is. I mean, I was worried about the reception of Willie's. You know, I want people to like it. You don't make movies for yourself. It's not like poetry, right? You put it in a drawer, and uh, and and it was just so ama- I was so you know, exciting. To when I came home and I started seeing all the fans like really enjoying it, things like that. It just, it was such a great, great thing you know so i'm so happy to be here talking to you guys you know yeah we're We're
0: happy that you are as well thank you
2: yeah so along those lines uh the feedback i've seen has been great on you know on our facebook Mm -hmm. group and and social media
1: yeah yeah yeah. You get the haters out there, you know, say, well, the internet you know, is a pretty uh, negative good. place, but yeah. hey, man, I know. Hey, it's all good. They don't like it. It's fine. There's other people that are going to like it. There's other, you know, it brought smiles to a lot of people's faces, you know, and, and made them, you know, forget their lives for 90 minutes. That's what the movie was designed to do. So mission accomplished in my book. Yeah. But yeah, you're not going to please everybody. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. What's well, the good thing about
2: horror, though, like when you mentioned earlier, you like uh, Sam Raimi movies and you also like The Shining, is it really depends what kind of mood you're in. If you want to watch totally. like, movie like The Shining or if you just want to have fun and watch a movie like Willie's Wonderland.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So,
2: uh, where can, Do you have uh, social media for people to follow you? And if not, where they can follow Willie's Wonderland?
1: Yeah. Um, I think uh, my, I'm, I'm all new at this, guys, too. But like, uh, for Instagram, I think it's like Kevin Lewis Official. You know, so you can check me on Instagram there, and then for Twitter it's like Kevin Lewis Movie Maker on my Twitter. So yeah, that'd be great. I post some articles and I was posted some behind the scenes stuff. A friend of mine was so cool; he made me a uh, took him a year. He made me a janitor one six figure. So I got oh, pictures nice. of that on. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, people are wanting the toys, so it's kind of, kind of crazy. My it's funny, you know, uh, my two little boys. It was, it was cool. So my my teenagers they had a watch party. Uh, when I when it, when it opened, they had like thirty friends, and that was just the coolest thing. Watching my kids have a watch party with their friends, yeah. and then my two little boys who are five and seven. Of course, they've they've seen the little clips of the movie, but they're so enamored of the uh, animatronics, and they draw the creatures always for me and <laughs> show me and stuff. And they want Willy. My my son turned seven yesterday, and he's like, I want a Willy toy, and it's like, no, buddy, I don't make them yet, but maybe someday. <laughs>
2: yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would put one up here. If, if,
1: if oh, that's it. cool. All right. I'll tell everybody. <laughs>
2: All right. All right. All right. Nasty Neil's going to put a, uh, put it on his bookshelf. Neil. I love
1: it. He'll it. definitely
2: not be made. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been really fun.
1: It's been great, guys. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. I'm looking forward you. to seeing more from you. Absolutely. I'll keep you guys updated on that. Okay. All right. Very good.
0: Thank you. All right. And stay safe. Yep. Thank you.
1: Yep, thank you. you guys too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.